RDTN is sponsored by Broken Token, creators of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. RDTN is a show with two longtime friends that talk about board games, card games, and anything else that grabs their attention. Squirrel! Here are your hosts, the Waldorf and Statler of board gaming podcasts, Marty and Tony. Hello, this is Marty and Tony, and this is episode 55, The Mob Rules. I must say, that is an excellent title for this episode, Tony. Well, I appreciate that. I was looking through it. And so, you know, one of the persons, uh, persons, man, we are starting off solid today. Um, one of the guys mentioned on a recent tweet that you had says, oh, I finally understand why y'all pick song titles because Marty's a musician. Um, yeah, well, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, but then I also told him, I said, but I'm not the one picking the song titles. But let me ask you a trivia question about this. What movie was the song Mob Rules in? Heavy Metal. Dude, I am so impressed. Very well done. Yes, Heavy uh, Mob Rules was featured on the Heavy Metal soundtrack, the animated movie that came out in the early 80s that was really freaky. Yes, it was. And what Devo song was in there? Um, um, uh, Coal Mine. Yeah, working in a coal mine going on down. See, that's why Marty's the musician. I can't sing. <laughs> I can keep on going. What Don Felder song was in there? Um, oh, God. Oh, Don Felder was... um. Oh, Rod, uh, he did heavy metal. Dang it, dude. Did you have the soundtrack? Yes. Oh, I did too. That The movie was really weird, but the soundtrack was phenomenal. Blue Oyster Cult had a song off there. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who, who did the main song? Who did the uh, main heavy metal song? There was two heavy metal songs, weren't there? There, there was, and I can't um, think of who did the main one. And, um, oh gosh, there were so, I mean, now those were the big ones that I can remember. And then, um, who did the? It wasn't Radar Love. Who did Radar Love? Oh, um, uh, that was Golden Earring. Didn't they have one on there? I can't remember now. They they may have. Anyway, right. so anyway, yeah. Anyway, excellent choice for a <laughs> title. It's like, okay, guys, get on with it. We know. Look, if you haven't checked out the the heavy metal soundtrack, it's worth listening to. It's it's primo music. Skip the movie. Well, no, the movies. I, I know the movie I was strange know. for when it came out. You may. I mean. It's it's a what well, it, it was anime before anime was cool and it was oh that's soft, true it was soft core porn yeah there you go <laughs> with robots <laughs> with robots it was the weird the, my favorite story in the whole thing yes we're still on this topic thank you Marty um was the bomber where the bomber was getting all shot up and then the skeletons it was like the Walking Dead in a bomber that's right but anyway. Well, now I've got to go download the soundtrack and listen to it. So anyway, so yes, this is our final episode of 2014. And our main focus of this episode is that we're going to talk about the survey results that uh, that we just uh, finished up as our survey a couple days ago. Actually, uh, we're recording this uh, on the 23rd, uh, December 23rd. I hope you had a good Christmas or however you celebrated the holidays and you're leading into when this is released. Happy New Year! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, this will come out in between Christmas and and New Year's. So yeah. So anyway, so is our final episode of 2014. We're going to talk about their survey results. Uh, we're going to do a 
little review now of Imperial Settlers. We felt we've now played this game enough times to where we can give some good insight to it. And uh, we're just going to say, I know a lot of people, a lot of other shows and podcasts are doing their 2014's best of, but Tony and I game a lot over the holidays. And as such, there may be a lot of different games and more games we're going to get to play over this next week and a half. So we said, well, let's make our first episode of 2015 our look back at 2014 because there may be something we play over the next week and a half we want to talk about. Speaking of which, um, when I go off to visit our friends, can I come borrow Dead of Winter? I thought you wanted to borrow um, Sheriff of Nottingham. Well, you've already told me no on that one, so I was going for something else. No, you can have Sheriff of Nottingham. Why? <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. You, you were like, I'm going to play this with my family. Has it fallen down on the list here? No, 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 no. It's um. So I've played it a few. I've played it a few times with my family. I actually taught it at uh, work. It's really interesting. At, at work, I didn't play because we had a lot of people that were interested in playing. So I sat back and just taught the rules. And it's an interesting thing when people play it for the first time because they're really unsure what to do. You know, when their first time, the first couple rounds are just really unsure. They're, sometimes the sheriff will go, "I'm just going to open your thing whether you give me money or not." And then, okay, well, then they realize that most of the time they're going to lose more money than what they put in. And then some people have the strategy of, I'm never lying. Exactly what's in there is what's in there, which is a, a valid strategy, too. And then some are like, yeah, I'm lying every time. I don't care. So it's just really an interesting game to watch and see how people play it. It's so different than other bluffing games. Yeah. And, and like you said, Ultimate Werewolf, you know, there's no elimination. There's no elimination in that. So, uh, yeah. But I, I still, uh, even after we've played a couple of times, I'm still not sure of the strategy of how to win. And I know there are people out there who can tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong, which isn't hard. But I'm with you. It's 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 how, how do you accomplish the goal? You got you to gotta watch more than you realize. Well, and I think it's how a lot has to do with the group, too. I think every group's going to play a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'll play with really close friends differently than you would be maybe family members. I don't know. It, it'd be a totally different dynamic, and you would play it totally different that way. I mean, you're more likely to call BS on maybe your close friends and do a little bit more ragging than what you might just some casual people like in our gaming club or something like that right i'm with you there so what else have you played so you've been playing sheriff Nottingham with your um, workmates what else well remember uh we got to play coup reformation at our game club uh, a week or so ago yeah um yeah we did we did we we got to play that game mm-hmm. we sure did it's a, it, it's a game it's a game. Um, <laughs> so this is the first yeah, time I played too. Um, I love Coup. I really love Coup. And I thought, oh, that's right. I have I actually got the Coup Reformation expansion, but have never played it. So that night we played it. And for those who haven't played it, it basically adds the dynamic of there are teams. And you can't attack people on your own team, but you can switch teams. You can pay one to switch yourself or two to switch yourself, one yeah, of the two. One to switch yourself, two to switch someone else. All right, so you can pay on your turn, you can pay two ISK to switch somebody's faction from one to another or pay one to switch your own. That way the teams will be switching over a course of time. I'll let you give your thoughts on it first. And everybody knows that I'm not a big fan of the games that do the player elimination, and that's exactly what can happen to you. Matter of fact, the gentleman sitting next to me, he immediately, he was out on the first round and basically announced this game sucks and moved on. And... You know, I, I liked Coup when the first few times I've played it. I'll play it again, but I really didn't like this one. I, I didn't like the aspect of the team, but I know it allows you to have, you know, more people to the table to play it than what was limited. But once again, I'm just not good at these games. So for me, it's not a it's not one that I'm that I really like. 
um, because I don't do a good job of tracking. Now, but I do like Coup of all the games, better than Resistance, much better than Resistance, mm-hmm. but, but, but I like Coup a, a whole lot more. Yeah, and here's my thinking. I think I like regular Coup better because I like playing with four or five people. I think the idea of teams, uh, you, you tend to want to play with more people, and I can't remember how many were playing with, seven or eight that night? Eight. It was a, it was a big table. And so it went on forever. So the person that was knocked out early was bored uh, the, the rest of the game. The game kind of drug on. With eight people, it was just too many. Even with the teams where the concept is, well, with teams, you're only, you know, it's one team attacking the other. So hopefully it makes it go a little bit quicker. It really didn't. Um, for in our in our experience, I think right now, I like the basic coup better with like just four or five people and that's it. Because basic coup flies by really quick. And if you're knocked out, the game is over in another five minutes anyway. It's just the one that we played seemed to, to drag on with Reformation. Yeah, and I'm sitting there trying to get knocked out, and I kept screwing up. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that was the problem. There was too many. I do like Coup. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I do like the game. I had an experience. Uh, my son's uh, birthday is in the middle of December, and we have some family over. And, and so I taught my non-gaming family Red 7. I thought this is the perfect game uh, to teach to non-gamers because it's so easy to learn. And, and my sister, it was so funny, she was really confused by the rules. Now, to me, I'm sitting there thinking, these are the easiest rules in the world, right? I've, I've taught it now several times. I've kind of got a good pattern on how to teach the game. And she's like, were people drunk or on drugs when they made up these rules? These are so bizarre. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, these are really straightforward, <laughs> simple rules. <laughs> So it's just interesting hearing from a non-gamer how they view a game like this as like really out there, bizarre. And for us, it's like, oh, what a great, quick, simple, easy game to teach and, you know, and play. Yeah, well, I just taught my mother-in-law Red 7 tonight. She hates it. Why? Well, probably because in the first hand, she played one card and then she got knocked out. So she had she had a terrible hand and somehow my wife Donna kept drawing the Red 7 and kept playing highest card and highest number or highest value and kept, you know, pulling that. And then, so, you know, and then I saw where you tweeted out that, um, somebody's won in one round. That was pretty impressive. Travis did basically after the first hand, he, um, it was like, uh, what was, what did he went on? It was, uh, in a row, uh, numbers in a row. And he had like uh four five, six and seven or something like that. So he hit his 30 points or whatever it was for the number of players you had. Yep. Game over. Now my sister liked the game. Okay. It was just, she was really confused by the rules at the beginning. And I just thought that was kind of funny. It's tough for people to think, you know, now how is it? Cause they, is it value? Is it number or I mean color? And they keep trying to put it all together. No, keep it simple. Unlike I did when I first played it. So I can I understand. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. And then I taught my mother-in-law diamonds tonight. She loved that game. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably an easier game to teach than to non-gamers than what uh, red seven is. Because if anybody's ever played any 52 you know, standard deck card games, especially a trick-taking game, diamonds is very easy to teach. Yeah, you just got to watch them, make sure they don't be putting those diamonds behind the vault. But my wife killed us, absolutely killed us in this game. I, my luck continues from BGG Con. <laughs> hey, did you uh, see the uh, badge that uh, Chaz included on his video? Oh, yeah. Did you see what I posted back? Well, no, I bet I screwed that up. I didn't get that tweet out. Never mind. 
Oh, well, for people who don't know what we're talking about, Chaz did his, um, he does the board game breakfast segment and on the one that came out, I guess it would have been the 22nd mm-hmm. of December. He did his uh, like uh, least favorite game of the year and I won't spoil it. You can go watch it. But what he did in there, he was like talked about uh, this game, even though it didn't, he didn't like it. It won a lot of awards, but not like fake awards that he won. And then he splashed on his screen, a bunch of badges. Now, Chaz contacted me and said, by the way, did you see catch the RT, RD, wow, what is our thing? RDTN reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went and watched it and I'm going, I didn't hear him say anything. And then I remember the badges and I went, wait a minute. So I went back and freeze frame. You got to pause the video because you can't read them all. One of the badges said, uh, maybe even I could beat Mo- Marty and Tony at Diamonds. <laughs> it was one of his little badges that he had. So I got a, I got a funny kick out of that. And then now it's, you know, now people have picked up on it because I tweeted it out. And But what were you going to tweet? Oh, I, I tried to Photoshop uh, uh, Chaz's face on Rhiannon. That came out. Uh, it did? Huh. Yeah, it did with a, with a little caption. Yeah, you got his face <laughs> poorly Photoshopped <laughs> on Suzanne and Rhiannon's face. Uh, okay. Well, I, I thought maybe I screwed that up. But anyway, but yeah, that, that was um, one of those things. Thanks, Chaz. Love you too, brother. Feeling it, feeling the love. Yes. So your wife and and uh, mother in law, they can they can earn that badge too. Yes, they can. Oh, I stunk. Oh, but then um, now what I taught my workmates is a classic. Look at me, completely draw a mental blank on this. Oh my god, eminent domain. Golly, I kept thinking what we're getting ready to review: imperial settlers, eminent domain. So I, I taught them that, and they loved it. And so um, that's an oldie but a goodie. Did you just do the the basic game, or did you do the, the expansions and everything? Um, we did the basic first time, okay? And then they wanted another – we played it again today because, well, it was the 23rd, and we were the only people in the office today. So they said, you know, let's just take some time. They, they, and they brought in a fifth player, so you had to add the expansion, and I did. Well, I had, I didn't have time to read all through the rules and everything. I said, well, here, we'll just do this. We'll add these extra cards in there and we should be fine. Oh, and here's some extra planets. And I splashed in the planets. Mistake. I should have left the planets out because have you, you know, in the expansion, you can use the ship's mean different things. Of course. Now ship size makes a difference. I forgot that. And so when they pulled, when this one guy pulled the planet, said, I only need one fighter to beat this thing. Huh? And I said, oh, so I gave him an asterisk for winning, but it was, it was close. So, but yeah, they really like it. It's an excellent game to teach um, deck building strategies as well as kind of like, you know, the Puerto Rico doing the roles and following the leader and that thing like that. I, I forgot how much fun that game was. I hadn't pulled it off the shelf in so long. It really, really is a good game, and I, I still enjoy playing it too. And that's one of those games I look on the shelf that I need to get down and play more. Well, I'm, I'm glad they liked it. That's that's really cool. But you mentioned the game that we actually are getting ready uh, to cover, and that's Imperial Settlers. This is a game that, that we first got to play at BGG Con from designer uh, Ignacy uh, Chevyshek. I always got to think about it. I say his last name, Chevyshek, and uh, it's from Portal Games, so he designed it, and he's with the company that publishes it. And uh, Tony and I got to play it at BGG Con, and then Tony came over to my house uh, about a week and a half ago with some other guys, and we played some games, and we played that one, and then we actually played again uh, one or two times at uh, a game club night. So to me, I- I'm really digging the game. I don't know your thoughts on the game, so I'm anxious to go to the uh, the next section and uh, kind of see what you thought about it. Well, let's go. 
Imperial Settlers. It is probably one of the more interesting, Marty, I'd say card drafting, semi-worker placement. Everything's a worker placement game to me. And, um, <laughs> well, you know, it kind of, you are. You're kind of putting your little people in certain areas. Okay, fine. It's not worker placement. But you, you'd have to say it is a card drafting game, wouldn't you say? Yes. There's a card drafting element. How about that? There you go. I mean, and Marty's going to go over the rules because I'm having terrible time speaking tonight. I don't know what the devil's going on tonight. But So get quick, Marty. Give us a quick rundown of the rules. Keep them short, sweet, and and then we'll jump into our likes and dislikes. Yeah, because that's, that's what the important part is. So if you haven't played uh, Imperial Settlers, like Tony said, it has a card drafting element to it. And what's really cool about it, what makes it unique, is right now there are four factions. It plays up to four players. And it's a, it's a resource management game at its heart. And there are faction cards and non-faction cards. So uh, the four factions are, and Tony's leaning back in his chair like he's not going to comment during this, but I'm going to make him interject during this. Tony, what are the four factions? Dude, I was yawning. I'm sorry. The four factions are Romans, Barbarian, Egyptians, and the Japanese. Look at him just knock those right out. And they all play totally different, which is one thing that's really uh, neat about the game. So you start the game with uh, two faction cards and two non-faction cards. And then the first phase of the game is the card drafting element, which Tony mentioned. Mentioned. You take, uh, well, it depends on the number of players. You take the number of players plus one and, of non-faction cards and put them on the table. First player draws a card. Person to his left goes around and drafts. Uh, at the end, the card that's not uh, drafted is discarded. Draw uh, some more cards, number of players plus one, and then do an inverse draft. So it's like a snake draft. So the last person gets to pick uh, the last of the first round and the beginning of the second round. All right, so you get two new cards each hand. Each faction has a certain number of resources they gain during the production phase. And those resources are, and Tony, make sure I get all these, there are people, uh, food, wood, stone, um, attack tokens, and a shield. Right, defense, right. Mm Mm-hmm. Defense. Okay. So those are the resources that you're working with. Kind of the main things that you're working, uh, using for building buildings is food, uh, maybe people, uh, wood and stone. The cards in your hand are basically buildings that you're going to be building up your civilization with. It's kind of like a civilization light game. So Mm -hmm. you're building buildings that provide production for you, maybe farms or stone quarries or forest, which obviously give you food and wood and stone. Uh, But there's three types of buildings. There's uh, production buildings. There's feature buildings, which are ongoing during the game that may say whenever you do this, you you gain something. And then action cards, which during your turn, you can take the action of that card. And typically, action cards can either be done once. They may say may may be activated twice. I believe there are a few that you can use as many as you want, or am I missing that? No, I'm the I'm going to play the barbarians until I win this game, okay? Because I have okay. yet to play them very well. So my barbarians, I hadn't encountered that yet. But yeah, so you got the action cards, the features, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the the faction cards. There's those types of buildings for the factions and those types for the non-faction. All right, so during your turn, you you take one action. You can build a building. You can a unique feature is that you can. Uh, make a deal at the bottom of some of the cards is it uh, is a little icon of a particular resource and if you turn that card upside down put it underneath your player board and pay one food uh, that uh, icon produces uh, one extra thing per production phase at the beginning of, of every round 
uh, you can do that. You can uh, raise a building, which is kind of unique. So this is where the play interaction action occurs. On the faction cards, on the non-faction cards, you have the ability to maybe attack somebody else's building. And it takes typically two of the uh, attack token uh, icons or attack tokens that you uh, get during the production phase to raise somebody else's building. And when you do... Uh, it produces resources, and each one produces different types of resources. That card's flipped over. You get those resources. The person you attacked gets one wood. It's like, hey, thanks. You just destroyed my building, and out of this rubble, I get this one little piece of wood. So you can use that to attack somebody else's uh, building, or you can raise a card straight out of your hand for one attack token and get the resources off that. So again, it's all about collecting resources that you need for building buildings that you want that produce victory points. And these buildings that you are making, these non-faction buildings, a lot of those are needed uh, to be used to make faction buildings. Some of the faction buildings require an additional resource called a foundation. And that's typically a building that's already in play most of the time, it's going to be one of your non-faction buildings that has been raised, or basically you take it and discard it. That counts as your foundation, plus what are the resources it takes to make your factions. And each of your faction cards are worth two victory points, and each of your non-faction uh, cards are worth one. However, the, the cards do many different things. There may be one that says, hey, for... Every uh, two of this resource you you pay, uh, you get an extra victory point. And another one may say, hey, every time you build a red building, you get an additional victory point. So like most good uh, Euro games, you're trying to build this engine to get it going, to generate victory points. You play over five rounds. Like I said, the, the uh, rounds consist of like production, doing your actions, and and then there's the cleanup at the the end. Oh, this is kind of unique too. You don't get to keep any of your resources. Any resources you collected during the round, they must go back into the pool. Except every faction has one particular resource they can keep uh, any amount of at the end of the round. So, for example, like I know the Japanese can keep as many people as they want. Oh, another resource I forgot to mention: gold. Gold can count as any type of resource except for people. So you can, if it costs a wood or stone or something, you can chip in a gold and it means the same thing. You also have the option during your turning of turning in two people to get any type of resource that is out there. Again, you play over five rounds, person the most victory points at the end wins, and that's the game. Did I get it pretty much covered? I think you did, especially near the end there about those things. Uh, and guys, uh, well, let's keep in mind that, I mean, Marty going over them very quickly is, and just like every game, you gotta first play one or two rounds to begin to feel the me mechanic. But it, what it breaks down to is first two rounds, I've got to get my engine going to get my production up so that I can do the special actions to earn my victory points. Bam, there it is. That's the game. So, and if you're like me, you still haven't figured out how to do that with the barbarians, but other people have dominated. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, Marty was rolling out the Egyptians, and I swear you were cheating. Oh, look, I got a victory point. Oh, look, here's two more victory points because I got a victory point. Yeah, whatever. Okay? Yeah, there was this one really cool uh, Egyptian faction building that said, every time you get a victory point, you get a victory point. And I had two of those buildings in play. So every time I got one, I got, I got two additional. Yeah, and then the gentleman playing the Romans, he was sitting over there, and look, oh, I get to draw a card. Oh, look, I get to draw a card. Look, oh, look, look, I got 50 in my hand. And then, we, you know, so you got to learn what what each faction does or how it controls it. And I will say this, Marty, that one of the things I need to do is, and this is why I didn't do, you know, a good war college here. I didn't, what was it, um, do reconnaissance on the game? Yes. 
uh, boy, you talk about pulling something out. Look at, look at me there, big boy. Um, so it, I did not go out and see what all my faction cards were for the barbarians. And I think that would have helped me greatly in the game. So I know I need to really get these really good, powerful faction cards. Cause what I had in my hand was I wasn't drawing enough cards and guess what? It's a deck building card economy game. You got to You got to have those. I also forgot to mention, uh, cards themselves are actually resources. So there are sometimes you can raise buildings to draw a card, either faction, non-faction, or you can spend two people to draw a faction, non-faction card. And also at the, it's at the either end of the round, or the beginning of the round, you get to draw a faction card, uh, from your deck. So that's the mechanism for getting more faction cards into your hands or any type of card. Right, and that, and that there's the game. So you need to understand that. And the the non faction cards, the generic cards, you know, every, there's a whole bunch of the same ones in the deck. So so you'll get you should possibly get a chance at it. Like I forget if it was either ancient forest or old forest I had, and I saw it again and again. So yeah, I mean, um, so what do you think? What what do you like about this game? Okay, here's what I really dig about this game: the fact that it plays very quickly. I am kind of into this thing. I'm really into Euros right now. Right now I'm just in a heavy Euro phase. Not like heavy like heavy Euro, but a phase, but a Euro while like playing Euros, not heavy Euros necessarily. Do you need just like Euro. 10 more minutes to try to figure this out? Heavy metal. Yeah, could you talk for a minute? No. So anyway, so I'm enjoying Euros uh, right now. And this is one of those, kind of. it's kind of like the opposite of like uh, Kanban or Panamax. So that's the one you really got to sit down. It's the, it's the newer Euro game you got to figure out and you're going to spend hours playing. This is one that is pretty simple to teach and only takes, depending on the number of players, maybe an hour, hour and a half to play. So that's when I really dig about it. It's a card game. I love my card games. Uh, basically, it's just cards out in hand. You play the cards to the table, and everything that you need to know is on those cards, and, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so I, I love that mechanic. I love the fact there's four different factions, and all four play differently. All four fa uh, focus on different things. One is about collecting money. One is about collecting people. Tony, what were your barbarians about? Because ne you never let me play Barbarians. Uh, you're not going to ever play Barbarians because um, I, I don't think I'll ever win. But my Barbarians were about generating people. We, we, we were the, the people makers. We could get a lot more people out there, and that's really how we would generate additional resources. Or at least I think that's what it was about. Like I said, I haven't, you know, that's what their feature was. To me, the feature tells you what they're about. And the feature was you can store the workers for the barbarians. And um, with uh, like the Japanese, it was about storing uh, food. Uh, the unique thing about the uh, Japanese is most of the faction cards you can't raise. Uh, once they're out there, you can't have to worry about somebody attacking them. Japanese, you can, but Japanese has a special ability where you can take one of your people and put them on your card and they uh, act as a samurai. And I didn't mention the defense token, but during your turn, you also can just place one, your, your defense token that you get on one of your buildings. And what that means is that requires one additional attack token in order to raise that building. So instead of two, it'll take three to destroy it. A samurai acts as one of those. So if there's a samurai on the building, it will take three attack tokens in order to be able to raise that building. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. That's that's what I really like about it. It's easy to learn. It's fast to play. It's basically just a straight card game. And I'm still amazed how to this day we can take multi these little pieces of cardboard and put writing on them and uh, and slap some a rule book together and have just really unique games just based on these little pieces of cardboard. 
just blows me away. I just think it's a really well played game. Oh, and the fact too, and because Ignacy showed us is that all the cards fit together. Uh, so like I told you, there's three different types of buildings. There's production buildings, features, and actions, and they all have a different card back to them. They kind of look different. There's like little roads that connect all the buildings together. So, um, so when you put it together, it all kind of makes sense. All the little buildings are inter- interconnected with roads and the non-faction cards have a different color background grass than the faction cards. So you know which one's which, cause I kept looking at the back of my hand to see which was the faction and non-faction and Ignacy was really getting upset at me doing that. It's like, I tell you it's on the front of the card. Look at the color of the card. So, yeah. And it, it, that's what I like. I, I like how well he put it together. I I enjoy the different factions like you. I mean, I I'm, I don't think you said anything that um, I can add to or delete from because yeah, I agree with you. Enjoy the game. The now as far as dislikes go for me, I'm old. I, the font he picked <laughs> was a little small, and the numbers are. Is that a three? You know, if you you know, I understand. Okay, every, so the and I understand why you do have to do it, but you got to keep that in mind because to me, you know, the threes look like a twos, and I mean, I don't know what font that is. Uh, I have no clue. I mean, it's kind of cute and all, but I didn't like. I mean, it's a nit. I'll admit, it's a nit, and but it's one that you know for forty plus eyes. Yeah, 40, 40 plus year old eyes. Yeah, I admit sometimes because I remember we were playing at the uh, the game club the other night. It's kind of low lighting. And I was like, um, is that a two or a three? Do I get two or three victory points? Oh, I'm sure that's a three. Oh, maybe that's how I won. Maybe that wasn't really a three. Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm sure it was. And I, I, I think and then it comes down to, as with all of these games, you've got to get that engine going. And if you get don't get that engine going or you're not getting your cards quick enough, you can quickly be left behind. And that that's your own fault. You might as well, well see what you can do. See if you can play spoiler because you're, you're not going to catch up. It's just not going to happen, especially if you get people that have a very strong faction side and you didn't do anything to hurt them in the beginning. So one of the things you got to look at is how can I hurt them to begin with so they can't get what they need to get over there and produce. So that's one of those things. I mean, you're right. A typical Euro style game where you do have to get your engine going, but it is kind of cool when you get the engine going. Like when I did play the Egyptians, I kind of got that victory point engine kind of working that, 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 that went really well. And like you said, the other gentleman had the, uh, the mechanic of being able just to draw cards like crazy and just basically on just everybody else. Oh, one other option you have in return is to pass. And once you pass, that's it. You can't jump back in, uh, when you're passed. Also, that means none of your buildings can be raised. But at the end of the last couple of rounds, this one gentleman who had just tons of cards in his hand, just basically all three of us passed and just sat there and stared at him because he just kept playing card after card after card until I finally had exhausted all of his resources. But, we needed a bigger table because we had just cards all over the place. It does. It, it starts it out thinking space. you don't need a lot of space, but towards the end, you, you need a lot of space going to your left and right. Cause you're going to be putting a lot of buildings out there. And, and don't believe them when they say it's an hour to hour and a half to play. That's after, you know, all the cards and what they can do and things like that. Cause everybody's sitting there reading their cards. So it just like all these games, you're going to suffer from, what do these cards do? Unlike the brilliance of seven wonders where you can just look at it. Oh, these symbols mean I can just, you know, take one from the neighbor. I mean, but then again, it doesn't make it a good game because Marty and I played this one game that had no words on the cards and it still took us hours to play. 
So, but aside from that great game, if you haven't tried it, definitely give Imperial Settlers a, a look. Um, I know Marty's looking for the expansion and hopefully can find it soon so that he can continue to um, get that game to the table because I, I think you, I think you'll drag it out now that you got a good following on it. Yeah, I think I will too. And the name of the um, uh, expansion is called Why Can't We Be Friends, uh, which is also a song. It includes additional cards for each of the faction. And I actually looked at the spoilers for that the other day. And there's some really unique uh, ones out there. Uh, One's called, um, it's a new kind of production card where other people can take advantage of it. So um, it's like an open production card. Let's say you have like a a, um, a card that get produce wood. I can put one of my, take one of my people and put it on your card and take a wood. Mm-hmm. And every card can host up to two people. So it's even more interaction. Now it's not only just raising other people's cards. If they have open production cards, you can look around the table and take advantage of their stuff. And that means you, maybe you decide, well, instead of me having a wood production card in front of me, I'm going to take advantage of theirs. So I like there's some new mechanics coming out. And also he said there are some new factions already in the works. He said he's already got the next two uh, factions planned out. And so and then there'll be some expansions to go beyond those. So this is a game that's going to hang around for a while. It's not just this base set and it's done. Be looking for these expansions, which will change the game. And there's a deck building mechanic, which we haven't even explored yet. Um, with the, the new expansion cards, there's icons on the cards. There's like uh, little icons of... And I can't remember what they are, but they're uh, either like maybe little circles and there's one with one, one with two and one with three. And what you do is if you have a, let's say a card with a, with two of those little uh, circles on there, you can replace it with another card with two of those circles. So they stay matched up as far as the number of those, each of those icons on those cards, but that way you can do deck building. So your faction deck is still a certain size, but now you can mix and match. So see, that's even another element that I think it can make kind of fun. Granted, that will add a little bit of time at the beginning of your game because if all of y'all decide, hey, I'm going to do a little deck building, you're probably going to spend 15, 20 minutes building your deck before you even play the game. So that does add a little time to it, but that does make each faction even a little more unique uh, between uh, the same, same two people may play the same faction, but they may build their deck differently. Okay. Well, any other wrap-up? Uh, like you said, uh, this... Uh, we're going to be talking about our uh, games of the year, uh, our big games, uh, first episode of 2015. Uh, this for me is going to be on my list somewhere um, way up there as one of my top games. It, it really caught me by surprise. I heard a lot of buzz about it from uh, Gen Con, but when I actually got to play it, I kind of saw the beauty behind it and, um, and, I, and the fact that I know this game's going to live on for a couple more years with the uh, factions and stuff. It's just keep breathing new life into it. And the expansions are cheap. I think they're maybe like the price of like, you know, an LCG faction pack sort of deal. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see where this game goes. And, and you're right. I, this is one of those games that as soon as I'm done with it, I'm thinking I can't wait to play it again. So we just wrapped up our second year survey and we got a lot of, uh, responses in and we just want to thank everybody that took time to fill the survey out Uh, i'm really stunned by the number of responses that we got i'm i'm really stunned by the number of comments that we got because the comment section was totally uh, optional of whether people wanted to add stuff in there and uh, people a lot of people spend a lot of time uh 
talking uh, writing in the comments and we just appreciate that and we'll talk about the uh, the comments at the end but what we're going to do now is we're just going to basically go over each question that we ask and uh, give you the results and, and let you know what came of it so uh, Tony you want to kick us off well I do want to point out some first off you offered them games if they filled out the survey so hey we know how to bring them in and <laughs> I mean, I'm, we oh, there's not, something free. Well, yeah, I'll go click on that. I mean, bribing, we're not below that. No, we can, we're, we're happy with that. And two, you said that that was optional. Well, guys, every question was optional. So I don't know if you know that. So you could have gone in and just put in your name and not filled out the survey and you would have been in. So, But I made sure I didn't say that. I, I hate surveys where you can't skip things, you know? I just no, I know. No, I totally agree. So I, that, that's I didn't realize it was optional too. So now I'm even more impressed. Yeah, and, and well, there you go. And you know, Survey Monkey only allows you to do um, ten questions in the free version, which is all we're ever going to do. So any of our surveys <laughs> will never exceed ten questions. <laughs> and you also know that there will always be one question about insert comment. So there's really only nine questions you got to worry about. And there's actually only eight because one of them is what's your email address. If you want to be in, the, yeah, if you want to be in the, the drawing. So and I'm sure we'll have drawings again next year when we do this. Oh, we plan on making surveys every year, or at least I hope to. Well, it's, a good, way, feed, yeah. it's a good feedback mechanism to kind of see where we are. Yeah, it's the only way. It's, it's the only way to get better. Um, so question number one, um, how is the show on length? Is, you know, an hour and a half too long, just right? So, yeah, um, the Goldilocks and, and the three bears here. And um, everybody says it's about right. Well, you know, we're going to try to keep it around an hour, but never, never we won't exceed. We're going to try to definitely keep it below an hour and a half. So everybody said, you know, 78% of y'all said, yeah, that's about right. But we're, we're very cognizant of our time. So we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, like you said, we are cognizant. In fact, Tony and I had a meeting uh a couple weeks ago, we noticed that our average episode time is starting to creep towards an hour and a half. And so we're consciously trying to start, start trying to reel that back in um, because a lot of the comments did say, I like the fact that you guys aren't that long. Please don't go beyond an hour and a half because I guess there are a lot of wonderful shows out there that can go two and three hours. Tony and I aren't entertaining or good enough to go that long. Um, oh, yeah. We, you can barely get a good thirty minutes out of us, and the other thirty minutes is fluff. So you know that's why we got to try to limit ourselves. Yeah, yeah. T- time is money. Time is money. What's number two? Do you participate in a contest? No, did you participate in a contest that we hosted this year? Uh, 65% of you said no. What the heck is wrong with y'all? Do we just not promote those? Well, I know we didn't do that many, maybe two or three, but maybe we didn't promote them that well. Or I can say this was a very meta question. The fact that you answered this survey, you were in a contest, so it should have been 100% yes. <laughs> So that's kind of funny. Um, but I, I think a lot of it, Marty, is, and we do, we need to promote it better. And I'm sure there were some offerings of our, you know, contests, like, oh, I don't know, a leather dice bag and stuff like that just may not appeal to people. And I completely and totally understand. So um, I'm sure it is the quality of the prizes. So we've got to keep that in mind. So, But what I love the other things was there were contests? <laughs> 15%. Yeah, there were contests? I'm with them there. <laughs> so anyway... Um, so number three, number three, number three, uh, we try and limit the number of guests to three a quarter. Is that and resoundingly by 80% said, yeah, that's about right. That sounds good. Um, we enjoy your guest and we, we think that having them on, um, some, there was a 
good comment. And guys, we're including the comments with the answers here. Um, somebody made an excellent point that said, you know, try to limit, limiting that because some of these guests are hitting a lot of the other podcasts that I listen to. They're just doing their rounds. So it's kind of like a talk show host, a new movie's coming out. So insert designer at name here though we would love to have any designers on the show. Um, but anyway, we understand. So three, we, we, if, if they bring something value or what we're talking about, we're going to get them on the show. So, um, overall, yeah, they must be referring to Bonacore um, or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking uh, three a quarter, that's basically one every other episode. Yeah. If we can do that and arrange it, I mean, it's, well, here's the thing. When you look at the guests that we had on this past year, um, just because we've got to know a lot of wonderful people, that's really helped us get some, you know, more well-known people on the show. Uh, I mean, when you look at back some of the, the the people that we had on this year, such as like Rodney and, and Bonacore and other podcasters, I mean, it's just because we've now made these relationships. We have a few more connections to other people that we can get on the show. So uh, you're right. We're, we're always out there looking to who we can bring on that maybe hasn't uh, been on uh, uh, other shows a lot or uh, just has some interesting things they might uh, bring to the show. So we're constantly on the uh, to look out for that and, and try to keep those very interesting for everybody. Yeah, we are. So what's number four? How do you find out? No, golly, I cannot read. How do you find out that we released a new show? All right, so that you put in a lot of selections for this: Twitter, Facebook, RSS subscription, iTunes, Board Game Geek forums, or visiting the website. Well, this is kind of all over the place. The most was a third of the people use iTunes as a subscription mechanism in order to find out when a new episode is released, which makes sense because you can use your phone to subscribe to that and get the latest one. Um, second was uh, Twitter, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Twitter has really become more popular for us over this past year. Our first survey last year, Twitter was used very little in 2013, but it's become a, a more major mechanism for us this year. Uh, the next after that was RSS subscription, which is, is still very popular. We have a RSS subscription feed on our website at RollDiceTechNames.com that you can use if you don't want to use iTunes because you can use like Podcatcher or other apps in order to get the show. Uh, Board Game Geek Forms. 20%, uh, which is a lot. We have a lot of people in our guild, and we love to talk to people in our guild. And that's one that as soon as the episode comes out, I do post there that it's there. Then uh, tailing out out is 15% visit the uh, the website, and then only 12% use Facebook. I try to We try to get people to join the Facebook thing, but it seems like our main thing right now is uh, Twitter and uh, BGG. Yeah, that's, and those are great resources for everybody. So it's one of those things that we realize that we've got to make sure we kind of hit all those spots. A couple of people in the comments did say, uh, why didn't you include Google Plus? Um, we do have a lot of passionate Google Plus users. I do post on Google Plus in the community groups, the board game groups, which has over 10,000 members. I do post there when we have a new episode, and I think that is a wonderful group. If you've never visited the board game members group in Google+, I highly recommend it. Great group of people, the people that moderate it. Uh, I, I keep out uh, a lot of the junk, and they have it uh, segregated well. Do you have a section for vlogs and a section for reviews and open discussion? So I highly recommend uh, going and looking that if you use Google+. We have a Google Plus account for RDTN? We do. Oh, man, I need to get out there. Check that out. You know, I'm killing it on Instagram. <laughs> what are you up to, number of members? <laughs> I don't know, but it's fun. <laughs> I have fun with that. Oh, goodness gracious. So um, 
what is the, have you ever watched our YouTube videos? And that, yes, I have. Cause you know, that's how I drive up the number of people that have watched. So I watch them repeatedly. Uh, oh <laughs> no, for y'all, um, it will split, um, one third across the board between yes, no, and seen a few. And we're, we're still learning We're yes, I forgot to get a new camera. Yes. I promise I'll never, ever, ever. Okay. I can't do that. I promise I will not do uh, boxing and the unboxing in the future. Cause yes, those were boring, but that was me to me just playing around, trying to learn about the cameras. Um, so we're getting better at that. And, um, Marty has some great Marty musings out there. So we're, we're getting better at those. Well, now here's, I should have asked about this question. You had yes, no, seen a few. If they've seen a few, then yes, they've seen our videos. So if you combine those two, we're at 68% of the people have seen at least one video. Yeah. But I look at it like, yes, is they've seen one video seen. I wanted to know if you've seen more than just a video. So okay. Well, anyway, so 68%. See, this is one of these, yeah, this is one of those times when, um, you should read the emails I send you. So moving on right along, um, here we go. <laughs> what is the most important aspect of a review of a board game? Uh, by far the top two, what is liked about the game at 73%, what is disliked at 60%, how it is played at 48 quality of the components is uh, 16, 16%. Imperial Settlers components are top-notch with the little wooden stuff. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention the components. Yeah, it's good cardstock. And, and the little meeple thingies. They're cute. Uh, that's, that's right. All the resources are, are really good. So that's why – and see, that's the tough thing um, uh, with reviews because you feel like you have to spend at least a small amount of time for somebody who knows nothing about it on how the game plays. But it's hard to tell a, a short synopsis of the rules – but tell enough to how it plays, but knowing that you're leaving out stuff that somebody's going to say, you know, you didn't say what this did. Well, you don't need to worry about it. You just need to say, go read the rules. I mean, cause even when I, after I've read the rules, I forget some of the rules. So hey, how about this? We, we could say, go watch uh, either Rado or Rodney and see how you're supposed to play it. Then we'll tell you whether we liked it or not. Yeah. Or, or, and, and as we tell why we like it, we can reference the rules. That way we're not, we're not dragging it on and on and on. Yeah. So we are cognizant of and that's very tough whenever you do reviews to try to keep the rules as concise as possible. And even as I was redoing the uh, Imperial Settlers, I'm like, I'm talking too long. I'm talking too long. But it's like, but they need to know this part. So it's tough. So we not we got it. The most important this thing is what we liked and what we disliked. Yeah. Which leads us back to another comment where someone says, be sure to keep it succinct, boys. You know, keep it, you know, so keep it. Short, keep it quick. Keep it short, stupid. Kiss. Yeah, kiss, keep it to the point. Yeah, completely agree, and you're, and we appreciate you pointing that out because you're absolutely right. Because, once again, time is money. Hey, Marty, we are a filler card game. That's what we are. Um, I've got the – I'm going to combine the last two just um, – because you're, you're probably, everybody's probably like, why are you asking me about how I play video games and, and things like that? And resounding, you know, it was interesting. It was for me to figure out demographics. So when we start talking about things, we're not tar- talking about things that people have absolutely no clue about. But, you know, most of our audience that filled out surveys, you know, 82% of you said, yes, we play PC tablet games and so forth and so on. So maybe since... Oh, you know, we have the queen of iOS, Android apps occasionally appear on, might be able to leverage that hint, hint. Um, 
So that was one of my reasons for asking that along with what systems you play on and resounding number of people play on the PC. I hope you guys aren't spending too much money during the steam sale. It's funny that uh, 51% said PC, 26% said they don't play games at all. And then the systems were kind of split. Well, the Xbox and PlayStation was split at 30, 30% apiece. Poor little Nintendo DS. You people are missing out. The Nintendo 3DS is an awesome system and only 16% people playing. Yeah, but, and I left off the PSP and all the other little devices out there. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, um, but I'm wondering if the Nintendo is, you know, it was the king and now if, you know, an Xbox was the jester. Is it, has have the tables swapped? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny. I read a review of Squirrel um, of uh, Wii U, and they said it was a great year for the Wii U. But it's only still the first. It's the Nintendo first party games that people love: the Super Smash Brothers that came out, the Mario Kart that came out, which they always are awesome at. It's the third party stuff that kills them. I'm really curious to see how next year is going to be. There's new Zelda games coming out. And I'm a big Zelda fan. I'll probably jump in and buy a Wii U then just to play it. But still, love the little handheld system. The Nintendo 3DS is still just mwah, spot on. And did you see Super Smash is coming out for it? Oh, it's already out. Is it? Oh. The boys have it. All three boys have it, and they just love playing each other. It's a great multiplayer system. Mm-hmm. See, in you know, being in the house with only one, and I'm just man, never mind. So I, I can't even get on on the golf system. I always forget about that thing sitting over there on the shelf. I'd rather go out there and lose in Star Realms on the iOS. I ain't. I don't want to talk about Star Realms. I was one win away from level six, and then uh, lost two. Accept so. my challenge, and you can get there. <laughs> oh, did you challenge me? Yeah, I did. All right, well, guys, um, other comments that we want to um, pull out here, Marty, that we didn't talk about. Once again, thank you for the, all the comments. We've definitely, I've read them all, Marty's read them all, and we appreciate them, and we've taken a lot of them to heart, and we will definitely um, incorporate them throughout the year. And, and we, the, the feedback was tremendous. Thank you so much. A majority of the comments were, were positive. A majority of the comments were just a high praise and and had wonderful things to say. So you know what? I'm not going to toot our own horn. I'm going to focus on the ones where people have constructive criticism and valid points that I just want to show how we take a lot of these uh, things to heart. So prime example here, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you've been a bit high on people and low on games lately. You know, that's true, Tony. Over the past four or five episodes, we've had a lot of guests and focusing less on the games. And that's a tough thing to balance when you do have the guests. And that's why Tony and I said, all right, maybe we need to try to limit it to, uh, what, three guests a quarter, one guest a month. So we can make sure we keep the focus on the games on the, the non-guest episodes and still touch on games when the, when the guests are here. So very good point. To, to that point, I think a lot of it is because we're, you know, you and I are how do I say this? I'm not trying to be, we purchase the games. So I, I don't have that influx of games. So sometimes I think that's where the, the game club and I had a tough time getting there for our reviews. It's, it's really hard. You, you've said you need multiple plays to really appreciate a game. I can tell you what I like and dislike about a game. My first sit down, but you know, that, that makes that kind of hard. So we're going to really strive hard in 2015 to be sure in our reviews that we're, that we're reviewing them f- for the uh, multiple sit downs or whatever. So we might be a little light on some reviews, but we're going to definitely try to get more reviews in, in the coming year. And, and definitely still take advantage of our five minute initiative. Yes. Um, we need to get some of those done. So anyway, okay. So I've got some of mine, Mark. So if you have any, you want to jump in, please do. 
we haven't done at the table in a while, but somebody made a comment, you know, the teletype noise in the background gets really annoying after a while. Can you just kind of start it out and just kind of mute it after a while? Well, you know what? That's probably a valid point. It probably may get annoying after a while. Um, I wish we'd asked about at the table, Tony, because we were very, did that a lot. Now, actually, one or two people in the comments did say I kind of miss at the table. Um, I think it's one of those things that I think it's really good to hear people like locally get their perspective. And we can ask this one question that we can as a community discuss. Uh, maybe it's one of those things that maybe we try to do it uh, maybe once a month or once every other month or something uh, like that. If people still want to hear it. Yeah. And I'm with you. I've, I've already decided that we're going to revamp it a little bit, not do the big readings from the forums or anything like that. We're just going to play the audio snippets. And if you want to participate on the forums, we'll definitely post it there. Or we still got a list of at the table questions we can get out there. So we're, it's coming back in 2015, especially, you know, when I posted it out there about Mark Kell made a comment about rank them and, you know, being popular and made a snide comment to you. And I said at the table and they said, well, we liked it. I'm like, well, you know what? You're right. We need to bring that back. Here's one. It says, you should have more Anthony from the Cardboard Jungle podcast on more. I have a sneaking suspicion that was probably Anthony who set that in. What do you think? Or his mom. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get on and record with us, we're happy to have you. So anybody's welcome. It's an open invitation anytime. But once again, three guests. We've already heard it in the survey. Three guests. That's it. No. So, yeah, we'll get Anthony on in 2015. Well, falling right on those hills, here's another one. You should have Mark Kell on more. He has a seriously sexy voice. How much you want to bet it was him that sent that in, too? Or his mom. Or his his wife. I hope not his mom, dude. That's sick. Ooh. Or or his friend Chris. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Um, Another comment told us that... um, you need to work on your video um, production as far as quality of the sound recording. Yes. Anything for me comes off of 2020, uh, 20, uh, 20, 2005 technology. So hopefully I will be using better equipment in 2015. So you'll have better quality. Marty sounds really good. So yes, I know it's on me. We'll definitely work with that. Keep up the fun bantering, but be sure to keep talking about different games. It's nice to revisit games from time to time, but I don't like hearing about the same game three or four episodes in a row. We had a real issue probably earlier on this year when it was just Netrunner, 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 Netrunner. We had the joke, oh, we got to mention Netrunner every time. But, you know, you're right. I mean, it does get kind of boring after a while if we keep saying the same game over and over again. And hopefully we've uh, caught that and are, are trying to move away from that now. We, we will. Well, hey, we got to play Net. We we played Netrunner for the first time in over two months. Yep. And boy, we were rusty. Yep. Um, send everybody a moon pie. We would love to. Love to send everybody a moon pie, but we can't. No, but we can't. But I can guarantee you that any major convention we go to, we'll have some there. All right. And then uh, I saw where somebody said there is moon pie ice cream. Uh, yeah. What up with that? Uh, I think somebody said in Nebraska that they have moon pie ice cream. I'm intrigued. I, uh, our good friends that I'm going to go see are from Nebraska. I'm going to ask them that. And they also have in Nebraska runs us. So we'll just end that one there. Somebody said, get a sexy voiceover intro. Are you saying that Eric summer isn't sexy? Hmm. That's, well, I don't know. Eric said Eric summer, man. He's uh, I don't know if I can do much better than Eric summer. Yeah. But you'll work on that. Won't you? Yeah, actually, we are going to get a new um, outro. Uh, so go online and find some 
some, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess sexies, I guess sexies in the ear of the beholder, right? Whether it be male or female. So exactly. There's one I want you, um, to leave for me and that um is the one you have highlighted right now uh no that one that's the one i want uh, for those who can't see our screens right now i got one highlighted in our notes but um that's the one i want to end with so i'll let you finish this out and then we'll kick this one to the ending okay uh, you guys are great but your best podcast are the ones where you move from topic to topic at a good clip they can be long episodes but each discussion is succinct Good point. Uh, Tony and I, about a month ago, I can't remember what episode it was, Tony, but I went back and listened to it and I said, this is one of our better episodes because we didn't draw things on and on. Um, so our whole basis of this of this uh, podcast is all about having a conversation. Well, when you're having a conversation between two friends over lunch or something, it can drag on where if somebody's listening, this is really boring. So we've got to keep that in perspective and realize that when before we have beat the horse to death, we need to stop. While it's still on its last breath, we need to stop and, and move on. And we are trying our best to do that and keep each other accountable. Um, as we do the show, uh, if if we feel one of us is starting to drag on, uh, we know that the other person needs to jump in and just and just you know change on a dime and, and get us moving. Okay, so moving on. Um, I feel like I like the different. <laughs> I like the different guest. <laughs> Keep exploring that. Also, I miss the sound clips from your local gang groups. Well, there's the at the table thing coming, uh, back. That, coming back. For anyone who hosts a show, I don't mind friendly banter during the conversation, but a lot of shows get off subject way too much. Yeah, that's the whole squirrel thing. Squirrel. And it's interesting, Tony, because some of these uh, comments were like, I love it when you guys kind of go off topics and have fun banter. So you got to find that uh, equilibrium where it's like, okay, it's it's interesting, but then, you know, make it entertaining. Yeah, but their, their point is don't let it drag on and on and on. Go, go there, go do your quick tangent and then come back. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I'm done. Uh, you done? All right. So here's the last one. And uh, Marty's aware of this. So, um uh, would you consider creating a rating system for your game reviews? And yes, we were going to introduce something in 2015 um, from the RDTN rating system that was actually, and we talked about this on the plane from BGGCon, um, we're going to have a rating system that was kicked off by Rhiannon, um, <laughs> and we'll introduce that in January. Um, I'm, Marty and I are still working on the what it means and things like that. So we will have a rating system. Um, unlike it's not going to be numbers or anything like that, or number of thumbs, that kind of stuff. We will have our own rating system. And it's, and it's hard. Uh, Tony and I have talked about this before, but every, all the other shows have cute rating systems, right? Um, and, and I'm not going to, I have examples, but I'm not going to say them because I don't want to leave anybody out, but everybody has their own little unique way of saying, here's how much I like this game. And it usually fits with their show somehow. So Tony and I have struggled with this. What can we do? A basic one to 10 scoring is boring when everybody else has the unique ways. And it's not like the, the way that we're going to introduce is really unique, but it's us. Yes. <laughs> so it, we're, it's not going to be like a numerical value where we can assign a certain – and do mathematical statistics to it. But it's just in the tone and method that we present it, you'll understand what we mean. Right. So that that's coming out in 2015. So – 
Speaking of keeping it short, looking at our time and the fact that it is um, nearing um, the, the 23rd here and got to finish up some Christmas shopping because, you know, some of the stores are open all night long. I may have to head out over to Kohl's, Marty, and get, I went and looked for a hoodie, one of those new superhero hoodies they have on the discount rate. I couldn't find one for you, man. Oh, dude. Yeah, I've seen those. Um, who have I seen have? Oh, Rodney. Uh, right. And Matt Evans um, yeah. from Board Game Replay. Uh, has one too. If y'all haven't seen that, it's a hoodie that when you zip it up, it makes like the superhero mask, like Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Venom. I didn't like the Venom one. So anyway, so anything else about the survey? Nope. I think that's it. Again, just everybody, thank you so much. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll have uh, notified the winners. Again, we were giving away um, a copy of Sheriff of Nottingham, a tiny epic galaxy. Defenders. No, Defenders. Defenders. Is it, was it Defenders or Kingdoms? Defend- Defender. Or Kingdom Whichever one's posted, don't guys don't you're not getting both of them. You're getting one of them. And uh the uh the gaming calendar from Scott King and oh Battle of Souls from uh Robert Burke. There you go. And anything Battle else that we can pull out of our closets that we make? <laughs> yeah. Any other junk that we know, I'm just kidding. No, you're just kidding. None of it's junk, it's all good stuff because it's in our closet. So anyway. Okay, well, again, this is our final episode of 2014. It has been a wonderful year. Our next episode, we're going to pull up a lot of statistics that I've been collecting over the year on BGG, probably like most people. And Tony, I hope you've been entering your gameplay plays over there so we we can compare notes on what games we've been playing. And we'll talk about our our top games uh, from the year and what we've liked and and uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to 2015. We got some uh, big things planned. Um, as we mentioned in our last episode, we now have an official uh, sponsor with the Broken Token. Uh, they are on a well-deserved Christmas break at this time. But at the beginning of the year, we've um, already got some things planned with Greg uh, that we're going to work on together. I think it's exciting. We're going to be at some of the same conventions together, can do things together. So uh, we're really excited about that relationship to uh, see where it goes and and other relationships will develop in the upcoming year the dice tower has released their best of 2014 marty and i put our snippets in there with they're doing part um one and two so by all means check out what the other podcasters are saying marty and i aligned with a lot. i mean imagine this marty hey guess what biggest news story in 2014 spoiler alert like y'all don't know is coming uh the mergers um you know things right. like that so you know uh Best card game. We've mentioned it multiple times on our show. A lot of people were pointing that, but there were some surprises. So it's definitely worth a listen. You, what, what I find neat about that, Marty, I'm glad we're able to contribute to it, is you, you get to hear things that you might have missed because as it was often pointed out on the show this today, um, or for those listening to it now last week, is that there was just so much content in 2014 that you know it's hard to pick that up. So, um, there, you can, you can pick up, you, you could have easily missed something. I know. And that's why I think it's important now to almost do the thing like, uh, entering stuff on the, the BGG, the stats and everything. Cause I totally forget about games that I played, especially games that came out earlier in the year. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Cause as I'm looking over games that I want to talk about, uh, year in review 2014, there's just things I totally forgot about. It was an incredible year for games this year. I'm with you there. So, all right. Well, you know what? It's I'm tired. How about you? Yeah, um, it is. Again, this is right before our Christmas break for us. Uh, Tony is getting ready to go out of town for a little bit, and Woo-hoo. then 
we got a lot of fam- both of us have a lot of family things going on, but we wanted to get this episode uh, out with the survey results and make sure we get the uh, winners of the prizes uh, notified. And uh, we have done that or in the process of doing that. And um, Tony, I guess if, if I, okay, if you want to borrow debt of winter, you can buy, don't mess it up though. You're going to take care of it. Oh, you know, I will take care of it. You got the card sleeved. Nope. Oh, good gosh, man. Good gosh. Well, we'll figure it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Because here's the deal. I I am waiting for a good insert from the Broken Token for Dead of Winter because this game is begging for a decent insert. Have you seen the insert of this one yet? Mm Mm-mm. All right, wait till you see it. It's just, it needs needs something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're, oh, I thought maybe they had released it. My bad. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm the original insert that came with the game. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no good way to store the card. So anyway, uh, yes, have fun with it. You take Sheriff Nottingham, have fun. I hope to teach the family uh, Imperial Settlers. I'm hoping maybe I'll get... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, didn't you have a secret Santa? I, I did, and so did you. Yeah. But but mine sent me uh, a really one of the games I, I'm very excited about. Well, he sent me Camel Up. Oh, along cool. with Along with some other great games that... Um, he 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 was knew that empty nesters and said, "Oh, here's a two player game. I, I, uh, I'm sending you," and sent me some other really cool games. And, and I really what are they? It. Um, you would ask me that. I'm gonna have to go in the other room because I just opened the package like right before we got on the air. Okay, well, so. with the magic of editing, you can go do that and come back, and nobody will ever know. Really? Oh, wow. So I'm going to have to pull my earbuds out and go look at these things. I released a video of mine, if anybody hasn't seen it, of what my uh, secret Santa gave me. He gave me some wonderful things. He gave me, or she, anyway, it was a Red 7, uh, which I did not have a copy of because Tony had a copy of that. It's the latest uh, saga expansion for Lord of the Rings. I'm really digging the Lord of the Rings LCG again because I like playing through the Lord of the Rings story. And then Imperial Settlers. That's how I got my copy of Imperial Settlers with, was with Secret Santa. And I was just totally giddy over that and uh, just been having a ball with that. So my Secret Santa really set me up really well. And I'm really digging those games I got. And I'm actually trying to get Tony back into Lord of the Rings and building a deck so we can play through the, uh, uh, through the story together. Cause I know he likes it too. Shh, here he comes. He's coming, coming yeah, back. He can't, he can't hear me. Oh, he can't hear me. Does have, okay. Sorry. Got my earphones in. So I got, um, go to Hoyle, go, go, go to horror. Yeah. That's beautiful word language right there. Gold Ahoy for two player. So you can see it now. See, there it is. Pretty box. Gold Ahoy. Yeah, by, Mayfair, by Mayfair. Um, then sent me Influence. Okay. That's a really cool. I haven't. See, these are the type of games that, you know, you haven't heard about. So, you know, they're, they're solid. Because <laughs> they came to you from your Secret Santa. <laughs> Secret Santa. Listen, I work for a utility. I have a bag of coal that I always bring home so that I can give somebody a piece of coal for Christmas. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. And then um, I'll let you pronounce this one. Elvecchio? Elvecchio by TMG. Okay. I've heard of that one. I've heard of that one too. So thank you so much for my secret, for my secret. That was awesome, dude. I can't wait to hear how Camel Up is because I've heard some good things about that. Oh, yeah. Me too. Hope to play it tomorrow. Cool. So, hey, do me a favor. Yes. Roll some dice. Oh, and please take some names. You can follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. 
Or why don't you visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Or if you prefer, subscribe on iTunes. Or how about visiting our guild page on BoardGameGeek. Hey Marty, I hear the Euros are considered to be a lot harder. Well, yeah, Tony, it's harder because it's harder to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great.